Hey everyone. Welcome to episode number five of season number two of Musicians for Mental Health. On this podcast, we speak with musicians about mental health openly and honestly without the veil of lyrics. We are not mental health professionals. We are not licensed therapists or counselors. We are people that have had our own personal experiences with mental health and want to shed light on these topics. On this week's episode, I have an incredible conversation with an artist named Black Guy Fox. Um, It's a heavy subject. This episode is going to be really heavy for a lot of people, um, and it's going to be hopefully eye-opening to those that are open-minded and maybe on the surface don't relate to some of the subject matter, but are willing to listen and take in you know, these points that, that we talked about. Um, some of the subjects that we talked about in this episode are the stigma around mental health in the BIPOC community. Uh, we talked about the overturning of Roe v. Wade uh, a little bit because of the socioeconomic uh, issues that, al- that that also entails. Um, and how it's impacting, you know, different communities and things like that. We talked about uh, people trying to show support for these causes, but not properly educating themselves on them, the, you know, on the actual subject matter, um, and kind of having this expectation for those that are truly affected by this subject uh, to be the ones to do the education, which is a really kind of fucked up thing um you know they it's not anyone's responsibility to educate you it's your own responsibility to educate yourself by all means you can ask for additional uh education and viewpoints and things like that but no one owes you a explanation or an education around why a certain topic uh is important to them or affects them or you know, has an impact within their life. Um, Yeah, this is going to be a long episode, so I don't want to take up too much time here in the intro. Uh, Let's just dive into this. Uh, Again, it's going to be a a bit of a heavy conversation for some people, so take it in pieces if you need to. Uh, But here's my conversation with Black Guy Fox. I guess let's do this first before I jump into that part, because I think that's where I want to go to start. Let's do the the introduction for people that don't know who you are. Um, give a, a little bit of background on yourself, man. Who are you kind of like, what do you do as a, a passion project with this music? So for those who don't know, I'm Black Guy folks. Um, I'm from, well, I'm originally from Baltimore. I moved to Cumberland, Maryland in 2016 or so. And um, basically, why I write and play music, um, I write just three chords in the truth. I speak about my perspective dealing with battling mental health. I speak about the issues that my friends have had. I speak about the issues that we face in the society today. I speak about just um, how to how to make, how to maintain a good lifestyle. Basically, I speak about how to how to wake up in the morning and the troubles of waking up in the morning, and how we move on how we move on with the days. So I try to make music that's very centered towards everybody. Anybody can find a little piece of themselves in it. We all feel we all feel sad. We all feel depressed. 
we all have have um, lose will just to wake up or move it or will just to move on with the day. So I just want to try to relate to people. I speak of my truth about that. Hopefully that inspires others. Yeah, no. And I, I, like I said, just a second ago, like that's one of the things I, I love about you, you know, now that I am following you on Instagram for a little while now and, and whatnot, seeing like the types of, of positivity that you're putting out there and not necessarily, um, you know, it, it it's definitely not like a showpiece for you, right? Like it's not a, oh, you know, this is, I know I'll sell records this way or I know that this will get, you know, traction. It's like, this is my fucking life and here's what I want to put out there so that others know what I go through and what others are going through so that we can kind of, you know, start joining hands of, you know, symbolically and and physically and saying like enough is enough and we need to make some changes correct man i it, like like you said it's never been it's never been like like a marketing point for me like it's never been i never wanted to use my own mental health struggles just to say oh i can i can market the hell out of this and sell records i find i find that to be very bullshit i find that any artist that 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 preys on that and just plays on that just so they can market this whole sad boy email thing is kind of bullshit and you shouldn't be doing that because they're i i'm about to go on i can go on a serious serious <laughs> rant about this is this i i really don't i've i hate how mental health is kind of more it's marketed nowadays Absolutely. i well is well i guess yeah marketed because it is it truly it truly is marketed thing like we see kids now um that thing that i think it's cool to be depressed not not in a um not in a not that it's okay to not to be okay kind of way but in, in more of a um look how sad i am look how depressed i am look, look at this look at this vague tweet look at this fake facebook post look at me say how much i hate my life yeah. like that's it the isn't that's not a flex that's a serious thing and that and usually when you have these issues that that's that also means that you are suicidal that you are in danger and you definitely need help so are you doing saying this stuff because you need help or are you saying you just because it's just because it's cool to say that in the moment? Yeah, no, I I a hundred percent agree with you, and I think you know, obviously it's it's easy to point at like Hollywood and and whatnot, but they really are the smoking gun when it comes to why mental health has been commercialized, right? Like, I mean, there's not a better way to put it, like the fact that we have a show called 13 reasons why which i won't lie i i watched the first season and and was like okay i kind of get what they're doing but it was it was almost romanticizing being depressed and suicide and i was like but why are we marketing it this way why are we not showing the real life impact of this like there's better ways to do this if if our goal is to shine a light on mental health topics then why are we doing it in a way, like you said, that now kids are looking at it going, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I was that way? You know, like, man, they had a lot of people come out of the woodworks when they when they started talking about their life or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but A, that's a scripted show. And B, like, I don't want to take away from anybody, and I don't think you do either. But, like, if you're not really going through it, you're hurting the conversation. You're not helping it. Correct. That, that's that's based on how I feel about that. Are 
if you're if you're feeling this way, do you want to have a conversation about it? And, and if if you do not want to, it's if we actually are going to do these things, it's it's okay not to want to talk about not to want to talk about it right now. Right. We you you can hold off on that and wait to talk to somebody who you feel comfortable talking about that with. But if but again, if you're just out there just kind of doing these things in, in into the void and just you and just trying to flex, just trying to make like all these dark, cringy, just um, self-deprecating jokes. It it does it does hurt because it's just it's just crying wolf. And when you are in that place, some maybe somebody will not listen to you. And I don't want to see that happen to anybody at all. If you're if you are struggling, you are hurting. If you are in danger, please just reach out to somebody and just and just talk to them. I say that I say this on my on my page all the time. But if you are going through something, and I truly mean this for for whoever's listening, if you are going through something, my my inbox is always open or comment or do something like that and i'll and if you are half struggling i will talk to you i will help you through it and i will give insight or i'll or we can just shoot the shit for however long you want to right yeah no and i i think that's the thing is you know like like you said there's there's nothing wrong with not wanting to talk about it if you're going through it because it's it's too raw at that moment or whatever the case is but at some point you know, uh, obviously there's hundreds of studies out there, but, you know, at some point you have to, in order to heal from whatever your your trauma is or whatever's causing you the these pain, like, you have to eventually talk about it, identify it, and then you can work through things. You know, like, maybe, maybe this is a you and I type of thing more often than not because, you know, of the male side of mental health, but you know, far too often people just bottle it up and uh, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. Fuck that. You're not a burden. Anybody that actually cares about you is never going to let you believe that you're a burden. And it's okay to say like, Hey, uh, this thing happened to me or I'm just having a, a super bad day. I need someone to just hang out, watch a movie you know, whatever it is, we can't continue to bottle these things up until we can't hold on to them any longer. Right. And I, I, I still do that from, from time to time, honestly, like I'm still, I'm still at a point where I tend to tend to bottle things up because I don't want to be that burden on somebody. Like it, it, after we got back from the Nathan Gray tour, when like that that last day, it was a real a real weird thing for me, because when I was um, on that we were, we were on the road for twenty two days in in twenty um just um playing twenty different shows, and I and I was constantly around people. I was constantly with just the best people. I I was having just the time of my life, and I was riding on this like cloud nine, and then when I get back, it was. It was one from moving around, just being stuck inside the house, and still mm-hmm. am to an extent. And I'm, I say to myself, "All right, what can I do now?" And I and I just kind of I got trapped in my thoughts, and I was go. I was I was I was really fucking going through it, and it really was. It really was just fearful to to an extent. But this is I have to constantly keep myself busy. I constantly have to keep myself not wanting to think about that and having that like nostalgia or or yearning just just to be with them and just be on just be on the road again, just in general. So it's 
I, I and I didn't want to reach out to my friends about that because I didn't want to really be a burden, be a burden on them, right? Or or anything or anything of the like. I kind of did that too when when the, when um, the pandemic in twenty twenty first hit. I don't want to talk about what's been going on with me with people. I I also have this thing of for me personally, I just kind of I check in on I check in on other people just to and try to help them out, but I really just need to be help helping myself out too. At the same time also helping them out just so I can take care of my own mental my own mental health and just not what their mental health is going through too. Yeah, no, it's it's funny to me that you say that because I am very much the same way where like I very rarely am the first one to reach out to one of my friends and be like, hey, I need to talk about this thing because I, you know, I do feel like a burden a lot of times or or whatever it is. You know, I just I, you know, I know everybody else has their own shit they're dealing with. So I'm like, I don't want to pile it on, but I do exactly what you just said. And I'll be reaching out to, you know, groups of friends and be like. Hey, how's everything going? And let them, you know, kind of vent to me about what's going on, which in turn distracts me from what I've got going on, you know, and just it does help. But at the same time, you know, I think we both can admit that at some point we we need to say, cool, do you mind if I tell you what I've been going through too? you know, like to just get it out there? Because a lot of times, you know, the the darkness within our own thoughts is a very scary place. And if you sit in that too long, it gets really hard to appreciate virtually anything in life. Right. Right. It, 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 it truly does. And I was just going to do that just recently. Like there, like there are times when I just didn't really want to wake up in the morning. Well, not not wake up. I just don't want to leave my bed. Right. I don't want to just get out or do anything. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just wanted, I just wanted, just wanted to lay there and just not do it, not do anything at all, and not watch TV, not not really be on my phone. I just wanted to just just stoop a little bit, but it, it. I just some days I just gotta force myself just to, just to get out, just to get up, just get active, and get outside, get, and give, give those racist on China or whatever, whatever the fuck people tell, tell you to do. And <laughs> yeah, that, no, I, I totally agree. I think, I think that's a super common thing. Um, with those of us, you know, it sounds like you are very similar to me in the way that you struggle with, with mental health. And like, I definitely have that same type of mentality where like, when I, get down in the rut like unless i'm being forced to go to work or you know whatever it is that's forcing me out of the house like i'll fucking lay in bed or on the couch and and do nothing all day just because i don't want to put forth the mental effort or whatever it is and you know like you said i have to force myself sometimes and be like well fuck like at least go get the mail like walk to the end of the driveway do something Yeah, for me, it's, it's a matter of if I want to go go downstairs to go cook something because I like cooking. Mm-hmm. I had to force myself just just to do that, or just make myself something something small to eat. Now I think that's that's a lot of effort because I really don't have like that bandwidth to to actually sit down and make something. Because I know if I do it, if I mess up, I'm going to get real frustrated. Even when it comes like when it comes to playing guitar as well, like 
So I'm like, I'll just have to force myself just to go downstairs and pick it up and just like play a little bit recently. Now that I'm falling out in love with music, love with music or anything like that, some days it's just hard to, the stuff that you really want to do, the stuff that you love doing, sometimes it's kind of hard just to do that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, uh, like I said, I, I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat as you because it is easy for people that are truly going through it and, and dealing with a variety of things. Um, it's very easy to, like you said, not necessarily fall out of love with the things that you love doing, but like you lose the desire i guess is the way i want to put it like you lose this this desire and this mindset of like well i know that i love doing this thing so i'm going to put forth the effort to it it's like well yeah i mean i love that thing but man that's a lot of work you know like like you said for cooking like cool now i've got 45 minutes worth of prep time i've got to you know i've got to actually cook the food i'll eat it then i've got dishes to do after that like that's a lot of fucking work for you know, 30 minutes worth of joy. Right. Like I said, re- recently, I guess, or um, just this past week, I've been able to kind of get myself out of, out of that rut. I've, I've gotten in like a much better mood, more more stable that is, and able to actually do these things I like I like doing and actually enjoying these things a lot more. So I'm getting there. It's a work in progress for me, but it's, but I know I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna be okay at the end of the day. I know I'm. I'm gonna get myself out of there. It's just I'm just giving myself patience, not to force myself to be to be there. But yeah. just letting my mind kind of work work how it needs to process what it needs to feel what feel what it needs to feel, and then I'll then I'll um work my way through it and, and get to get to where I need to be. Yeah. No. I I totally agree, and I I'm you know, happy for you and, and proud of you for, you know, figuring it out and saying like, cause there are times where you do just need to say like, I need to take a break from X, Y, and Z so that I can get my feet back under me and figure out, you know, what I, you know, where my energy levels are or whatever it is. And I think that's, you know, like you said, it's a journey and it's a, a process, but I think it's that step particularly is the step that a lot of people unfortunately see as like a negative side you know what i mean like oh i took a break from it and so now i'm now i'm a failure like no you you took a fucking break you didn't quit you're just giving yourself that space and grace to say okay i'm i'm not in a place where i can do this to the best of my ability right now or i can't put in all of my my mental capacity and effort and bandwidth. So I'm going to take a pause so that I can, you know, come back to it a hundred percent. Exactly. I, I tell my friends who kind of battle this too, like whatever, if they go something that got really harsh healing and getting better, it is, it, it takes time. Like it's, it, it's not, it won't, it's not going to be as fast as you want to be. It's not going to be as slow as you think it's going to be. It's, it's going to last however long it'll last for, but just give yourself the grace of just, getting better and just take take that time for yourself just to not do anything that just not do anything that um that you know you love doing but also you you just have desire for just if you want to take a break it's okay to take a break if you if yeah yeah no i i'm right there with you man i totally agree on all that and i think it's 
hopefully something that people will take away from our conversation is that, you know, it is okay to hit pause on basically life, you know, the things that you love doing and whatnot. Um, I think the important thing is just not giving up on them, you know, like come back to those things that you love, give yourself a day, a week, whatever it is that you need to, to kind of reset your brain, but don't give up on them because if you give up on, you know, like for you with, with playing guitar and creating music, like we were just talking a minute ago, you've got the, the new album that just dropped. Like, what if that wouldn't have come to be, you know, like how much more would you be upset with yourself that you didn't realize this goal or this opportunity in front of you? Right. And this is really like when I, when I was writing this album, like for some of the songs I needed to take, like maybe like a week or the album itself took maybe two years ish of actually like writing out lyrically. And even then while I was writing these songs, playing these songs like acoustically before I brought them, brought them to, to, to the other guys, um, to Zach, Zach and Corey and I'm Derek Shank. Um, I had to take breaks in between writing because I was dealing with a lot of like heavy subjects heavy subject matter at the time and it was really kind of affecting me like after playing them after writing them i just had to take that time for myself just to kind of set myself separate myself from from that art yeah. and now i guess putting putting the new album out there um so that I, I don't want to play right now i just i'm just going to take a break and let the album digest and pick it back up when well i'll pick it up when, when we have practice or rehearsal and stuff like that but for right now i'm just going to back off just just to weave it yeah well i let all these songs kind of process loving the themes of the album process within me right now as i see reactions to it yeah absolutely and i think especially right now you know like as of us talking the the album's three days old so four days old whatever that is um so you know definitely taking some space to see like okay like it's out there, it lives. Obviously, you're still promoting it. I saw that you were doing on Instagram, like a, I think you were actually live tweeting it and then sharing them to Instagram. But um, you know, kind of the track by track breakdown and trying to make hopefully make people understand like what the songs are and things like that. Um, and I think that's a, a prime example of when it's okay or a, a great time to take that break is like, you know, this is heavy subject matter. I'm going to put it out there, see what's resonating with people, give them a little bit of the backstory and whatnot. But I, I just need the art to live for a minute before I have to, you know, translate it into a live show and things like that. Right. And I guess like a few of the songs we've, we've been playing um, live for like the last two years, like, um, actually, like in live setting, but there's some songs on there that I know personally I cannot play live, and I, I made that decision after I, after it was recorded, just because of how heavy the subject matter is, and I just can't put that out there like like that in that moment. It's just meant for the album, and it, it will stay on the album. It's out in either, but I'm not going to use the emotional labor to play um, some of these some of these songs live. Yeah, no, and that, that totally makes sense to me, too. And I think that's a, another point 
for you as far as like, um, you know, showing your your self awareness and your um, kind of your knowledge of of your own personal uh, capacity, I guess, of like, okay, I could play these live, but what's it going to do to me mentally to try to do that, especially every night, you know, like you said, that Nathan Gray uh, tour run was 20 shows in like 26 days. Like that's going to be really heavy for a, you know, night after night type of setup. Right, and um, I, I it took me a while f- for me personally just to kind of learn to set my own boundaries of how where I am willing to cross and what I what I am willing to do. So, with this album, like I'm proud of every single song on on this album. I also know even with like older songs too, like outside of that, but I also know how to separate myself and say I'm not going to do this. I cannot afford to do this because I know what place I'm going to get in, and also just know when. It took me a while, I guess to learn when to say no. It took me a while just to learn just to to know I don't have to be present all the time. Yeah. So it will, and this just applies, applies to playing playing music for myself as well. I just kind of learn, um, well, outside of me as my personal level, I just learn, I've been learning when to say no, when to when to say I'm, I'm not with it right now, or just to say, hey, not today, I'm not in a good mood, and just, just leave it at that. And not to respond, knowing I don't have to respond to everybody. I don't want to say yes to anybody. I don't owe anybody an explanation of what's going on. I'll give them. To, I'll give you explanations if need be, so they have a little bit more context. But I don't owe anybody explanation. If yeah, no, and I, th- I think that's, yeah, I think that's super important for you know. Obviously, it takes time for people to learn that, but I do think that's a a really good boundary for people to try to kind of set for themselves and those around them is that like, you know, look at your, your life and what you're dealing with and, you know, whatever mental state you're in at that moment and say like, okay, for at this point, you know, I don't have to say yes to everything. It's okay for me to say, no, I don't want to go hang out with, you know, 15 people and go drink every night. Like, that's not going to be a good thing for me. So no, I'm not going to do that. But maybe I do want to hang out with two people and go see a movie or, you know, whatever the case is. Um, That's a a really cool boundary that you've got set. And I think it's an important one because far too often, especially, especially in the music industry and any sort of like creative uh, arena. And then those of us that are just people pleasers in general, like, Far too often, we say yes to everything, and then we don't enjoy any of the things that we said yes to, because we're doing it out of like an obligation versus an actual like, I want to do this for you. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I've learned basically how to. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have to say yes to everything. I learn. I, I don't have to do what, what other, what makes others happy. I just got to do what's going to make me happy, make me happy at the time. So it's like you say too. If I want to hang out with two people and go see a movie, that's going to make me happy. So I'm just going to I'm just going to go follow along with that. If I don't, if I want to go out and just go have a few drinks with like 15 other people, I'll do it and I'm doing that. But it's not going to be. It's going to be on my own accord. On why why I do these things. Yes, yeah. So 
And again, well, usually, uh, if I want to play this song tonight, I want to do that. If I don't want to play that song, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it through all. Yeah, no, I I think that's, you know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people I think view it as like being selfish to some extent. You know, like I know when I first started setting those types of boundaries, I felt selfish, but then I realized like it's not selfish of me to protect myself. It's selfish of me to allow everyone to have access to me because I don't want to upset them. Like that, it's selfish because like my whole reason for allowing people to have access to me all the time is because I didn't want to let them down and I felt like if I let them down then, then I was, you know, a bad person or whatever. But when I made the that realization like what you're talking about where like it's okay to say no i became a lot more happy and controlled with a lot of my interactions so i could say like hey you know i can't do that right now maybe we can go do this but like for me that's not a good idea right now or whatever it is um and i've i found by doing that when i would go do the things that i enjoy like for me, obviously the podcast is one of them, but like um, I do photography, you know, concert photography as well as normal like lifestyle and whatnot. And I found that when I started setting those boundaries of like, I'm only going to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them, not in a selfish sense, but in a sense of I want to be able to enjoy the things that I do. I was so much... I've been so much happier, like taking a day just to go out and take photos or to, you know, like I said, go to see a movie or whatever it is. So, you know, I think the thing I want to tell people is don't like, obviously you can set those boundaries in a very selfish way. So don't do that. But like, don't assume because you're setting a boundary that you're being selfish. You're, you're protecting yourself and there's nothing selfish about that. Great. And, and it's, I personally feel like, too, it's it's okay to be selfish. Like, if you're selfish about your time, so what? Like I said earlier, you, you don't owe anybody a goddamn thing. Yeah. So you you can be selfish. Make, take your choices for yourself. Do whatever you want to do. Or whatever. If people think it's selfish, then so be it. But if you're doing what you want to do at the end of the day, that's all that matters. What matters is your happiness or what matters is your mental health. What matters is your completion. What what's going to make you the happiest person on, on this earth, and what's going to take you to where you need to be. So be selfish. Be um, set those boundaries and and do whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, no, and um, I think it was my conversation with Becky um, from Nathan Gray and the Iron Roses. You know, Becky Fontaine. Um, we were talking about boundaries and. I think it was in that conversation that I made the comment that if you set a boundary and somebody gets upset about the boundary that you've set, it's because they were taking advantage of whatever that stops them from doing now, you know, and like you said, you don't owe anybody anything. So if they're upset because you set a boundary that, Hey, you know, after nine o'clock at night, I'm not responding to any text messages. I'll get back to you in the morning, you know? that that's because they're abusing it or whatever the case may be. Obviously that's a pretty random one, but you get where I'm going with that, that, you know, if, 
if you're being if you're doing the things that you're doing setting the boundaries that you're setting for the betterment of your your own like mental health and and safety or whatever it is then there's nothing selfish about it in the sense of a logical and reasonable reason for people to be upset with you. Sure, and I've I've also felt that too with, with setting boundaries and people getting getting upset about that, and it and it messed with me a little bit. But and, it, and it, at the end of the day, I knew what I was doing was for my own benefit. I knew what I was doing was was for me. So at that at that point, it's all in their hands. I, I can't control I can't control how they're going to react to it. I can only control how what I do to move forward, basically, and just fo- just keep focusing on me. Now, everybody else is going to think about it. Yeah, and that took that took me a while to do. Honestly, I I always had this fear when I was younger, like of of being judged, of being of wondering what um. What if I say this? What if I do this? What people? What are people going to think? But now I'm just at a point where it, it still bothers me some to some extent today. But now I'm more comfortable just knowing that I'm doing what I want to do. And I guess it's different in a music standpoint, just because you're putting stuff out there, you want how people are going to react to it. But even then, through through doing this long, I just kind of learned, just kind of learned that whatever happens, happens. I'm happy with what I put out there. I'm happy with what I'm doing. So. People react to it, and, and they react to it, and they're happy with it. If not, then it's not for them. Yeah, so. no, I, I 100% agree with you on that. And I think, you know, it, it's a, like you said, in the music industry side of it, it it's a little bit different because, like, obviously you're putting something out there and part of you wants people to resonate with it and, like, you know, kind of admire the work and, and things like that. So it does hurt when you get the negative side of that stuff because, like, well, this is this is my real life, you know, especially with your music because you're very, very honest with all the words that you sing and, like, very authentic through it. So, like, I definitely understand, you know, when somebody's negative about the work that you put out, like, to some extent okay, that, that's going to fuck with me. But at the same time, you know, I think like what you're saying, you look at the other side of the coin and go, cool, that, you know, that one guy was a dick about it, but here's 50 other people that are telling me how great this thing is and how this is impacting their life and in a positive way. So I, I think I'm going to listen to them, not the other one. Right, and get, the people who like me say, they do matter, but, but I, and sometimes you hear me. What music, what music you write matter should matter to you the most. Am I proud of it? Yes. Am I happy with it? Yes. Do I feel like it's the best work I've done out that I could do? Yes. And sometimes you get that, that you get that crippling self doubt, but you you work your way through it, and it'll, it'll last for like a day or two. I got that when I was putting out this new one. I was fucking petrified, and I was like, this this is shit working. I don't like it at all. But I worked through it. And I just said, you know what? If people hate it, and fuck it, but people like it, then great. So, yeah, no, but I'm happy with it. And at the end of the day, like, not just in music, but at the end of the day, in everyday life for anyone, 
that's all that matters. If at the end of the day you go, you know what, I'm happy with the choices that I made today, then fuck everybody else. It doesn't matter. Now that, that's not the message I, I try to tell people um, just in my friend group and just um, personally as well. Do whatever makes you the happiest. Be, the, be who you want to be. Be who you are meant to be. And just be happy with the choices you make at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a... Go ahead. I was gonna say, and it can be challenging. It can be challenging sometimes, but but it, but it's it's truly worth it. And you're gonna. It's easier said than done, but you're gonna stumble with it. But it, but you'll grow and you'll develop and you'll become much better, well, much better off once you once you're able to separate what people think of you versus what you think what you think of yourself, and you do things that you want to do, not what others want you to expect you to do. So you don't end up becoming like a caricature of yourself. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good way to put it, man. Um, so one of the things I wanted to, to talk to you about, we kind of started to touch on it there at the very beginning. And I we danced around it, I guess, because of the introduction and then got on that other tangent. Um, but one of the things I, I wanted to get, you know, kind of your perspective on, uh, obviously, I'm a 37 year old white male so <laughs> I don't have the same life experiences that you do and and things like that um, but I wanted to talk to you about you know we talked about kind of the commercialization of of mental health and and representation of it and so I guess the thing I want to kind of get your perspective on is unfortunately from the race side um, as a african-american, especially male, like, how do you feel like mental health is, is represented um, for your community and your, your kind of demographic and things like that when it comes to, especially like mainstream media? Do you feel like you guys are represented properly? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how I want to ask that question. And I'm, I truly am not trying to offend you at all if, if that's coming across that, that direction. But I, I just, from my perspective, it doesn't feel like TV shows or anything like that normally shows the African-American side of mental health. It's usually like, oh, look at this white kid that's depressed. Like, does that bother you or how does that affect you as well? Oh, it, it truly does bother me. Like the way that they I don't feel like there's enough representation in regards to black mental health in general. And I feel like the... Um, the representation that we that we do get on some occasions is complete and utter fucking bullshit. We expect we expect black women to be this strong while they're in the workplace, while they're being braided in the workplace, or being braided by other white men or white or white women. But black men cannot show their feelings because if they show their feelings and they're and they are just too angry or or too emotional or or to some extent soft if they cry. And like it ties to a bad like toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity in regards to black male mental health. Or if we don't show any emotion at all, we're just stoic and we just looks like we just don't care at all. So no matter what, we can't we can't win in regards to how we are depicted with mental health and how we're supposed to act in regards to mental in regards to mental health. 
And us as black folk, we need to open up about this a lot more because day by day, we see our, we see our brothers and sisters and and um, binary folk constantly killed in the fucking streets like dogs. We are lynched, and that is traumatizing. It's extremely traumatizing to see. So, in regards to talking, in, in regards to talking about how we can fix the system, how how can we um how how can we um, move Ben for how can we how can we um um, re, um reform police or any, anything like that we need um us black we need to start talking to ourselves and checking on each other ask how are you doing how are you doing right now how how are you holding up because we can we can go watch George Floyd being killed or or Mirlock or Dante Wright or anybody like that be murdered or be on or be on jail with Sandra Bland or or any any other black black female or um anybody who who is queer at the same time um kind of like Dominic Fessel told them they we can watch them be be killed we'll hear about them being killed and we gotta check on each other and make sure that we are okay because that's us we're seeing we are blatantly seeing ourselves when we see when we see when we see these folks being lynched and that shouldn't be a thing at all but I do feel like we need to start opening up the topic a lot more. We don't really talk about the the black community. But I do see, I've seen artists like Kid Cudi come out and speak about him almost committing suicide and him having suicide attempt. And I saw a lot more black males um, speak out about their own mental health after that, just um, having support groups and just talking to each other saying, hey, I relate to this. I'm not having a good day either. I go through the same emotions. But we don't really focus on that. We focus on just talking about how how Kanye is acting up. And yes, we and, and I'm not making excuses for his bad behaviors because they are shit. But that shouldn't be the like the main topic when we speak on mental health because we're just focusing on the fact that we see a black man acting out of pocket and he's acting very vengeful and spiteful with his mental health, and we're just trying to condemn him for it. Yeah. So we, there's two sides. Two sides of it. We can we can dismiss them, but we also got to talk about what resources can we have to to make to make ourselves feel better. And let's talk about somebody well, again, bring up Kid Cudi, who was very open about it. Let's talk about that a lot more and just use it as as, as another building block instead of another excuse, just to condemn and just and just to virtually lynch another black male. Yeah, no, I I totally feel you on that, and I'm I'm glad you said you know that you don't feel like it's represented properly because so like I do some work with uh, an organization called heart support. And one of our big things is, you know, trying to welcome everybody, you know, like no matter your, your color, your creed, your religion, your, you know, sexual preference, whatever, like the, the idea behind heart support is that like, we're all fucking human beings. Like we all deserve love and grace and, and to be here and, you know, without being preachy about it because I'm not a religious person myself, but like, you know, it's so like from my perspective, again, as a 37 year old white male, it's really fucked up to see like when we have these conversations and you look around the room and it's 99% white and it's like, but how do we fix anything in a community that I can't speak about, you know, what you've been through. I don't have the same childhood. I don't have the same environment around me, things like that. So how do, how am I 
supposed to feel empowered to to make a change for a positive for a community that I'm not a part of, you know? And I actually, while you were talking, I pulled up the CDC numbers because I couldn't remember where exactly everybody ranked, but um, black and African-Americans are the third highest suicide rate in 2019 and 2020, which is the report that I could find. Um, you know, white is the highest, but to be fair, we're still technically the majority in the, the country, you know, but for you guys to be third highest and yet be very little representation of that to say that, you know, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. You still have a brain. You still have a heart. You're still a fucking person. All of these mental health things can still affect you and still do affect you. Correct, and and somebody who does battle his 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 own depression, and 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 deals and deals with his own anxieties. Like I, I want to see. I want more representation. I want to see more out on um, more on um, resources for for black males to be able to, to express their. Oh my God, I want to see more more black therapists. We, I feel like we will feel more comfortable talking to someone who looks like us. That way, we have somebody who can't empathize with what we're going through and empathize with our struggles. Well. Um, both our mental struggles alongside our social struggles as well. Because seeing all these things happen day to day can't fuck you up. Yeah. And like even even during even like after, after you were four, I kept seeing cases about about all all these things. And I was more aware than I was, I guess, when I when I was like in elementary school. And um, even even I bring up maybe like a little bit of high school and college as well. But I'm more aware now than. And never when I see these things, I will see these things being like sent to me or brought up to me. I shut down that I hate I hate watching it. I hate seeing I hate I don't like seeing 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 these things. I'd rather have somebody who I can talk to that is that is black or and 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 therapist or psychiatrist or whatever, just so I can actually have a resource to let out what I need to do, let out what I what I need to let out and have a space where I'm not in danger, a danger to myself. Getting it out there for me is very important. And to be able to vent about it, be able to actually speak about these things without just hearing what your white friends say, well, that's like, that's the way it is. We'll look on the bright side and, and shit like that. Like, I, I, we don't need that. Right. We need just better, better ways to vent, better ways to let, to let everything out in a, in a good way. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And, Again, while you were, you know, talking about that, I pulled up another report that I could find. Uh, as of 2020, only 2% estimated, only 2% of psychiatrists in the U.S. are black and only 4% of psychologists are black in the U.S. So, like, how, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm there with you. Like, if there's such a small percentage of, psychiatrists, therapists, counselors, whatever, that look like you or look like me or whoever, like, then how do I feel comfortable talking to that person and saying, hey, here's what I'm going through. And that person look at me and go, mm, I've never had that problem because that's not the, you know, the side of the town I grew up on or whatever it is. You know, it, it does make it much more difficult um, for that comfort level. And, you know, it would be amazing if the world was a perfect place and 
you know, the skin color didn't matter. But unfortunately, that's not the way the world works right now. And, you know, I know that's something you're very passionate about as well as, you know, the the dichotomy that lives within especially the U.S., but the world in general when it's, you know, like you said, there's so many African-Americans being virtually hunted down in the streets. Um, and, like, how, how do, again... How do I, as a 37-year-old white male, come to you and be like, hey, man, I saw this thing happen. Uh, just know I'm here for you whenever. And it's like, I know that means something to you. But at the end of the day, like, I'm I'm not going to relate to everything that you have to say, right? Sure. And it, it, you don't you don't have to relate to everything. You just, you just have to empathize with it. And that's and you can empathize with it. You can check, check it on for sure. your black friends, make, make sure they're okay. But... But it, but some, sometimes we need a, a little bit more than just empathizing. Like sometimes, and that's where like I guess black mental health and oh well, I guess black therapy comes in. Like finding um having somebody that you can reach out to, having um having their, a therapist that looks like you, or just having a figure in your life that you can talk to that help, that helps you kind of kind of get through this. As long as I just just having somebody having a black therapist, like um, psychologist, psychiatrist that that knows your my mind knows your body let you know what exactly it is medication wise or whatever that you that you need so we we, we all do we all deal with this one when we when we're younger and we're, when we're um as far as um black um bipoc will go where we where we have that we have that talk that everybody can get gets your kids about what to do when you go in the stores what to do when when you see cops what to do when you when um when you're in a, a weird position at, at a friend's friend's house or, or something like that, how to get out of there? Keep your hands out of your pockets. Um, yes sirs, no sirs, and if it feels weird, then get out of there. Seems to get out of there as soon as you can. Have have emergency plan back backed up. Um, and just the people that you'll you, that you'll encounter. Anybody? My mom always told me one time, crazy, stupid, and angry, and uh, and that still applies. To, that still it's a part of that black talk that you get that you get to this day. And it, it can mess with you. Like even even today, well, even me being 20, 28, going on twenty nine years old now, I still live in a perpetual fear that and anxiety that if I step outside, I'm going to die. That if I step outside, I'm going to get hunted down. I'm going I'm going to get stopped by the cops or or arrested or killed for for no good goddamn reason. And it sticks with you. And these are these are just the things that we that we need to talk about when we talk about black mental health and and how and how these things can can affect black youth right now. Um, black youth, like at this point, they also how they can affect it, like in the long term, long term scheme of things. I don't like talking to anybody about that. Like even on this tour with Nathan, I was petrified I was going to get pulled over by the police, and it only happened once when we were in Minneapolis. And for and for those who who remember, that's where Amir Locke and Dante Wright, um, George Floyd, and Flynn Castillo and others, they were pulled over or they were stopped by cops. And I said to myself, "This, I'm I might die. I don't know what I'm going to do." So me, I just called Becky and Nathan, and just had all of them on the phone while while all this is going on, and they stayed there with me. But even leaving there. Leaving that, um, leaving our spot when we were on the highway, I was still petrified. I was still shaking. I was still flustered, and it, 
he messes with me. And yeah, I wish no. he didn't, but here's where we are right now. Yeah, no, I, I totally, you know, obviously, A, hate that that fucking happened to you and that that's something that not just you, but I would say, honestly, the majority of African-Americans go through is that fear and uncertainty that, you know, when I leave my house today, will I come back to my house? You know, whether that's going to jail or, you know, being killed or, or whatever it is, like, I think that's a very, very common thought process. And it's super unfortunate because it's not something that you should have to worry about, you know, and um, now that's not to say, you know, like, I've definitely had, you know, those thoughts before too, or, or whatever, not necessarily strictly because of police or anything like that. But you know, like, I think part of that for me, anyway, is just the depression and anxiety side of my brain that's like, hey, you know, like, you've watched Final Destination, so you could just be driving down the road and a tree could fall and fucking smash your car like that could happen today. Um, but with with you and and the African American community, especially with as as um, what how do I want to word that like under the microscope, I guess the those events were where you couldn't turn on the TV, you could barely be on social media without seeing something from any one of those events. Um, so it just it amplifies more and more and more. And, you know, it's very easy to understand why that becomes, you know, so ingrained in, in your brain that like, you know, regardless of anyone's thoughts on George Floyd, did that man deserve to, to have his neck, you know, kneeled on? No, like it doesn't, they literally could have watched him shoot somebody and it doesn't mean that they get to, to decide right then and there what happens to him. Like that, that's a super fucked up situation. Um, you know, and again, I think, I definitely think you're not alone in those thoughts and I, I wish I had a magic button to, to fix them. Um, but I think the, the thing is kind of what we're, we're talking about here is, you know, until society changes and more African-American representation and, and BIPOC and all that becomes a more true to life representation in media and on the actual mental health resource side, it's going to be a, a long process, unfortunately. And I think the, the biggest thing for, for me, and I know like Nathan and, and Becky specifically are, are huge uh, advocates and allies as well. Like that's unfortunately one of the best things <laughs> that we can do. And I don't mean to laugh about it, but it, it just seems so in, insignificant too. Like I can offer you all the, the support and, and hope and, you know, thoughts and prayers and all that shit. But at the end of the day, like we have to start making a change. And like, if me as a 37 year old white male is not willing to speak up and say like, Hey, this is a fucked up thing and we're not okay with it. Then because of the societal issues we have in this country, why would they listen to you as a, you know, I'm, I forgot what you said, 28 year old, um, 
black male, you know, like why why are they going to listen to you if they won't listen to the majority, which is is the white population? If we're not speaking up about it, then nothing's ever going to fucking change, and that's a problem. Great, I'm I'm strictly just fucking. I'm so fucking tired of the thoughts and prayers and good vibes and all that and all that like kumbaya bullshit. Like I I don't want to see that. No one wants to see that. And like is if for all those listening, if you have black friends out there, do not give them thoughts and prayers. Do not send them good vibes. And most importantly, do not send when this shit happens. Do not send them fucking videos of other killings happening. Saying, "Did you see this? Did you see this?" And what's your take on this? We don't want to see that right now. We just want to be left alone because we are we are blatantly fucking aware of what's going on, but we do not want to want to keep watching that that trauma porn that you that you are sending us. That adds more anxiety. That adds more depression. That adds more black rage and adds more anger and and just it cri- it cripples us. It truly fucking cripples us. We don't want to see this shit. We are. We know what's happening right there, and, and it happens every damn day. We know the same fucking story of what's going to be put, um, portrayed on the media. We know the same story of, of how they're going to spin it. We know, you know the cops are more likely going to, going to get off of what happened, or the person, or 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 the, or the white supremacist is going to get off of, get off of what happened, or just get arrested or slap on the wrist. We're seeing. It, we're probably going to see it happen in regards to um, Buffalo because we already saw people make excuses for for what this dude did and claim society to show gun control is even though it's blatant like gun control is blatant white white supremacy, it's it's all frustrating. And th- that's this how my brain works just fucking daily, by the way. I'm constantly just thinking about these things. And like my other black um 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 but my other black folk in America, we are constantly fucking thinking about these things and dealing with these things. We can't avoid it. We can't just turn it off. It lives with us. Yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent understand where you're coming from. And I think, you know, like for me, I grew up in a, a small town. I still live in a relatively small town. Um, you know, I, I don't know the census data off the top of my head, but you know, the, the black population, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Indiana, you know, so like the black population around me isn't huge. I mean, obviously it, it's not one of, I'm not in that area of, of the Midwest where it's like that we don't have a black person in our town at all because we won't let them. Like we have plenty of black people. We have, you know, Hispanics, Asians, the whole nine yards. Um, but like, I'm sure if I pull up the demographic, you know, census data, like it, it's not an even split by any means. And so like my vision or my perspective, I guess, is different than yours because I don't have the same level of population. Like even if I was in Indianapolis, like at least that's a a larger population. I live in about an hour North of Indianapolis in a town that has like 50 something thousand people. You know what I mean? So like it's not as prevalent here. It still definitely happens and it does get talked about. But I think the thing is there's so many of us, us being, you know, middle-aged white men that don't see it from that same perspective as you. Some of them because of their belief system and, and whatever, and fuck those people. But like for me, 
you know, I obviously know it's a problem. I know, you know, that there's these ingrained issues that I wish I could do more about, but A, I'm, you know, essentially a peon. I have zero political power. I have, you know, zero authority, whatever. But in in my, I feel like, I guess, I think the way I want to say this is, I feel disconnected from it sometimes because in our area, it just doesn't happen as often. So like we see it in major news and stuff and it's like, okay, but for us, that's, it's not close enough to home. You know what I mean? Whereas for you and, and any African-American or BIPOC in the, the country, it's close to home because it's you that's being represented on the, the, death side you know and that obviously amplifies it for you as well it is it's on the death side it's, it's on we don't know what's funny your friends you can trust who's going to stand up for you he's just going to he's just going to sit idly by um wait on the seat you're going to hear on the streets or or what and what how are you going to respond to your own to your own blackness and i guess for for me and yeah, this goes full circle with one of the people who think about me. I've, I've learned that I do not give a goddamn thing what people think when I have a say in regards to BLM, in regards to um, black liberation, um, black equity, and just, just, just equity in general for, for all marginalized folks. And I'm going to speak out whatever I want to speak out about. And I'm going to stand up with who I need, who I need to speak, speak up about too. So, you do, I guess, do this, do this black fear. I did find, technically, I hate using the term of just black strength. I'm able to just become more in touch with my own blackness and just be more aware of who I am, what I'm going to go to, but also um, what I'm going to use my words and stuff like that to speak out about. Um, and, and again, there are days when I, when I, when it's hard to, think, to not think about these things and not hard to see these things, but I, I use that to my own advantage. I'll, I'll speak out about it. You'll see on my Instagram and stuff like that. The way I cope with stuff now, if I see these things happen, I will speak out about it publicly on, publicly on social media and get and get, away, get it out there as soon as I possibly can for my, my own self and to, make, and, and to make others aware. It helps me kind of calm down, helps me kind of be more grounded and just get the, the energy that I'm feeling, that negative energy, I'm able just to blast it out there in a more in a more positive way. Yeah, no, and I I think you know that's again one of the things I really respect about you. Again, you know, since I've been following you now for however long it's been, I don't even remember exactly when that Nathan Gray show was, but um, you know, however long that's been, you and I followed each other relatively soon after that, and. Uh, you know, seeing the way that you do post about things, I think the the thing for me on my side of it is I, I really respect the way that you come at it because it's not, obviously it's from a place of anger and frustration, but it doesn't feel like it's strictly as a, like a, a hate thing. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like you're just trying to fuel the fire. It's it's an educational piece. And like you said, getting it out there that, hey, you know, here's the fucked up stuff that's happening and we need to do something about it. Um, and I know for me, I've definitely seen those posts and been like, well, 
you know, maybe I didn't hear about it because I'll be honest, I don't pay attention to the news all that much um, just because I there's too much negative shit and I don't want to, you know, intake that any more than I have to. But, you know, I definitely look at things after seeing you or whoever post and I'm like, oh, like what the fuck is going on? And, you know, how can I try to do something to help? And um, again, you know, it, it may be as simple as checking on my black friends or, you know, my BIPOC friends, um, you know, obviously not that you and I have a whole lot of, of, uh, weight in this argument, but like all the shit that's going on in Texas with women's rights, like I've got female friends that are in Texas. So like I've been hitting them up, like, you know, how, how are things like, what, what's this doing, you know, whatever. Um, because I think at the end of the day, regardless of, of the the thing whatever the tragedy and and situation is kind of what we said at the beginning you know if we aren't talking about these things they never fucking get better so you know reaching out through these moments and saying like hey you know i saw this is going on if i can do anything to help you you let me know and we'll figure it out you know um because again i'll be a hundred percent honest with you, man. Uh, you know, I, I try to do what I can, but at the same time, I'm a 37 year old white male that I don't feel like I have much authority on it. I actually looked up the, uh, the census stats, by the way, 11% of my, my town that I currently live in is African American. That's such a small number. You know what I mean? So like my level of exposure to how it's truly affecting the BIPOC community is such a, a small slither of, of what it actually is doing. Right, and I, um, in, in regards to what to what like um, white folk can do to help a black folk in these times, you just have to listen. You have to empathize, and you, if you want to know how to get involved, you have to learn to just educate yourself, not. We should be, that's one thing that also causes black folk a lot of stress too. The emotional labor that, that is asking us to, to explain these things of why things are racist, why things are the way they are, or how, or how you, or how not, not you, the general you, not, not you right. in particular, how, how someone has fucked up or did, or did something that, that's very, that's very blatant. And, you, and, um, because it should be expected of us to continue to educate. We are not, we are not trained educators. There's some that are. And when we we can all we can offer ask uh, answer any question that you need that that you would like to answer, but it shouldn't be if we feel like it. But it not it should it should not be like an obligation of us to answer every every single question. Oh, this is racist. This is not racist. Why is this the way it is? Or just to hear that that was advocate arguments. Basically, yeah. we shouldn't. That that just adds more stress onto us. When we don't want the stress, we we are just we are just trying to live. We're just trying to 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 make to make our way through, and just to find other, just to find out how we how we can actually stop dying in the streets, stop being lynched in the streets, and how to fix our neighborhoods and, and things like that as well. So there there are there are ways for allies for allies to help. There are ways of of and. That's the other thing about it too. Like, if you want to help, then then please help. But if you just want to ask questions and not do anything about it, then please just get out of the way because that just causes the most more anger 
and more and more stress too. Allyship is work; it's sacrifice, and you need to be able to, to meet these sacrifices. I should we shouldn't have to worry about who is for the cause and who's just there, just because. Well, I think I think that goes back to, you know, when we were talking about mental health, you know, directly. Obviously, this is still very much mental health, but like when we were talking about, you know, the commercialization of it and the the kind of the way it's been romanticized in the media for mental health, like kind of the same thing when it comes to to being an advocate for for things and trying to stand up like I I'm not trying to anger you because I'm sure this is a, a sore subject to some extent, but like there are so many people that piggyback oh, yeah, I'm outraged about this thing that happened, but I'm not doing anything about it. I just want people to see that I fucking am saying that I care. You know, like, I I know of people specifically that jumped on, like, the Black Lives Matter bandwagon, but then if you ask them anything about it, well, but that doesn't matter. I'm showing my support. No, it, it does. Like, I need to know, like, what it is that you're trying to support, you know, like, not in a negative way, but like for me as well to know like, okay, so this is the thing that you as a white person are, are jumping on as a supposed ally. But like you said, there, you have no no knowledge of it, no education of it. So are you doing it just for the clout so that people see that you say that you care? Or are you actually trying to do something to make an impact? You know, and I think that's, the important distinction is obviously we want people to, to join the fight and, you know, speak up and, and help make these changes happen, but don't do it for the bullshit recognition and, and clout, like truly be invested and involved in that cause. Correct. And, and it's this thing of two, don't, don't do it for the cloud. Don't don't do it just show on social media. Don't do it for 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 your vibe check. And also, do not hold. I've 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 seen this happen to. I've seen many folk do this. Do not hold yourself to a high standard. Clearly, you that you are the that you are the epicenter of of abolition or accomplishment or abolition work because you damn sure have lot have have a lot to do. You don't don't. Give yourself these, these, these social rankings. That's not for you. To, that's not for you to decide. That's for us to decide. That's black folk. That's marginalized folk. And do not hold your. I, I've dealt with this on many different occasions. I've seen many people do it. Do not hold your allyship and accomplishment as a ransom. And claim, well, maybe, maybe if you're nicer to me, then, then, um, then I'll be that'll be more for the call. Like, no, that's first off, that's guys lying behavior. We don't fucking need that. That causes that causes us more anger. And we shouldn't have to speak to you at a nicer tone. Accept the criticism, take it on the fucking chin and do better and, and and address and acknowledge your whiteness. That's all you have to do. But to but it claims our fault that you guys aren't for the cause, that's a bullshit fucking thing. And I'm now I'm fired up. Now just <laughs> oof. I, it wasn't my intent to get you fired up, but I no, I think, think you, you, you don't fire me up at all. Okay, <laughs> I, I was going to say I, I think it does show like the passion for it though. Like obviously it it's very real and very true to you, and I I think that's exactly the point I was trying to make is that you know like if you're 
quote unquote joining the fight, then actually join the fight. Like, don't just change your fucking Facebook profile picture to have, you know, the the little banner across it that supports whatever cause it is, you know? Like, do something. Like, research it. Figure it out, like, everything, I guess. Like, like you said, it's not your job to educate me or anyone in that, you know, in that instance. But, like, do the research and go, okay, like, this is the thing that happened. This is how it's affecting people. I can't do, maybe I can't do a ton, but here's the five things I can do and actually do those things. And like you said, not just for the clout and like the appearance of it, do it because you actually give a fuck. Like there's so many, unfortunately, so many disingenuous people that do it simply because, well, that makes me look like I'm a better person. Okay, Sandy, but you're still a piece of shit. Like, you still, at the end of the day, don't give a fuck. So I'd rather have, you know, two people fighting on my side that actually give a fuck about it than ten people that are just here to say that they were here. Correct. And that is, again, these are the things that, that we're that we are just constantly thinking about in, in the back in the back of our minds. These are, are the things that also lead to us just um, discussing like mental health, having mental mental health issues. There's a lot going on inside the black mind that that causes anxiety, it causes stress, it causes depression. And these are just like few few things that 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 we battle, and it's it's frustrating. And and we're and we're and we are tired. We're doing what we can, but we're also we're also working working what we got right now. And it was it, I. I is is also just frustrating as as a musician too. That's going on to a different subject where you are a black musician inside of a, inside of a predominantly white and appropriated genre, and just dealing with like the blatant, the blatant racism at shows via patrons, via um, via sound sound men, via other bands too. Like I I have to screen myself, make sure I'm not for my own mental health or for my own mental sake. That I do not play with anybody who is against my cause or who uses me as just diversity token or just diversity clout. And make sure people that, that that I play with are speaking out for the cause. Not only doing that, but also putting into work like like the anti-racist work out, outside of them. I play with you. I've I've met many bands that won't speak up for for BL for BLM because they don't want to get quote unquote too political, and they don't want to put in, put in that work for it. I also have met others that that have spoken out about it. We have don't do any of the work for just sending themselves in, in regards to. BLM is about the only the one of the few bands that I've seen that have that have been for the cause. Going back to them, we kept we were talking about them earlier. Was Nathan and Becky and the Iron Roses? Yeah, they they when we saw that me and Phil were going we going to do a lot of it. Um, his his guitar player Phil Smith, Eugenius, who was who was a who um he's he, he's a black um he's a black male. I don't say he's a black guitarist. He's a black man who's a, who's a guitarist for Nathan Gray and the Iron Roses. We went through a lot because people were confusing us on the road, and people and just thought that just because we're both black play guitar, we both look like we're we're the same person. So it was a lot of, but they were able to confront that both on stage and off stage as well, and just kept addressing these issues that that me that Phil and I were were going through. So it, it takes it takes that 
that much. And they gave us a space for, for me to speak out about that. They gave film for me to speak out about that. And it that that's all it takes just to help the help mental health of, of, of anybody who is BIPOC, basically. Listen to them, empathize with them, and give them the space they need to feel. And just try to find ways that you can help, that you can assist with them. Be the sort be the shoulder they can lean on. Um, if you see this shit happen to one person, call it out and address it. And just don't do. But again, don't do it just because you want to do it. Just don't do it. Be, don't do it because you think um, because you see somebody's looking. Do it when people aren't looking. Do it when people do it when because you know that's right thing. You know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's yeah. me on many occasions. Like it, just seeing people like show that outright support for my for my own mental health alongside what we what have me on, on the whole on the whole tour. It meant a lot to me, and I really kind of boost myself and just again just checking in on it on anybody that you can. Um, after we got back from tour, when I was kind of going through it, um, again like Becky, Nathan, and um, Phil. Um, David, David, everybody in mind, Rose, we all kind of checking on one another, checking on me too, to make sure that we're all just doing okay. We're all, we're all doing fine. Right. That's all it takes just, just to get somebody to do, get somebody to do a bad day or just to, be, to help get through like a weird time in your life. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a really important thing for people to hear. You know, hopefully people are, are still invested in this episode because you know, the thing that you said that I think so often gets kind of, I guess it, it gets overlooked, but it gets overlooked by the people that aren't genuine is, like you said, do these things not because someone is watching. Do them even when somebody's not watching, you know, and like with the rise of YouTube and now TikTok and, you know, Vine back in the day and all that, like it became such a, a trend to do the oh we're gonna do this random act of kindness we're gonna you know we're gonna go give this guy a hundred dollars or or whatever and film it so that we can get clicks like no fuck you do it because you you wanted to do it and help somebody like if you're doing it just to get the likes and the admiration and and the congratulations for for doing a good deed then fuck you 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 didn't do a good deed you did a self-serving deed and that's a lot more damage on mental health anyway. When when you're the one that they do that to and they watch the video, just see this just off for clout, that messes with you because yeah. you just seem like you're tokenized. And that's the last thing you want to seem like you're just a tokenized person. Yeah. No matter um from either like a socioeconomic level or, or just or just from martial arts level or anything like that. We don't want to be viewed as just tokens. We're not clout tokens, we're dead bodies in the streets, we're homeless in the streets. We are we're suffering and we are a dying breed. So to treat us, treat us as we're human, not as your as your clout tokens that you can use just so you can look better for everybody else. Yeah, no, I a thousand percent agree with you, and and you know that's one of the things um, you brought up, Nathan and and the Iron Roses, and Nathan and Becky specifically, and and um, Eugenius, and and like kind of those three specifically I don't know the others that well um but those three specifically like I've seen you know on Instagram and and Becky and I had our mental health conversation already I'm working on getting Nathan set up with one you know I, I've seen them be champions of the causes as well like uh 
Um, I am going to forget exactly what the instance was, but uh, Nathan gave you control of his Instagram not too long ago, right? To help amplify that message. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He um he gave me control of, of his Insta. When there's there's an instance on the road where we're we were playing a show, a show in Cincinnati, and um, well, I guess it, it kind of happened out of the whole run. I didn't really speak out to it about him until like that until that day because at the show in Cincinnati, um, one of the bands that was there, um. I don't want to. I'm not gonna say who they are, but they, but I hope they listen. I hope they they fucking choke up the side when they when they hear this. They um, while I was playing, they um, one of them decided to go on stage while I'm playing and just start tearing down all their equipment. And while they're tearing it down, they're just laughing like really hard, like right behind me too. And then like after like after my set. I went over to my table where I'm selling my merch. I was right next to Nathan's. And some guy walked up to me and just said, all right, I want to give this, 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 and this. And pointed out all Nathan's stuff. And I said, I'm not Nathan's set. I, I just got on the stage. You just saw me. I'm not Nathan's merch guy. I was just out the other act. He went, oh, I remember you. You were okay. He just walked away. And that kind of set me off because without the whole run, not only was I not only was I getting confused for, for Phil, I was, um, people were thinking that I was Nathan's um, merch, um, merch handler and just hired help after they saw me get, get off the stage with them. And it, and just what happened in, um, in Cincinnati that day, it set me the fuck off. So I, I spoke my piece about it online. I went on my, my online tirade about it. Then the next day I decided just to explain what has been going on. And the fact that they that and also tell them tell people the fact that Nathan all them they weren't involved in the list. They have they constantly kind of defended me and film wanted and wanted to shield us from all from all this shit happening. That's when he gave me control over his Instagram and posted what I what what I wanted to post. So yeah. it, it's little acts like that 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 bring it such a long such a long fucking way. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, especially like you said earlier about the the genre specifically is partially if you don't want to give it full credit it's at least partially culturally appropriated but it's also you know very white dominated um as is honestly if we're going to get into the numbers the music industry as a whole is you know kind of white dominated at least in the u.s and um so to have that representation and and the for for nathan to look at it and say look you know a from what i know of nathan he's one of the most genuine fucking people on this goddamn planet um and truly does give a fuck about everyone he comes in contact with um but for him to look at that situation and go you know what like you're absolutely right man and here's what i you know my demographic that maybe listens to my music is perhaps a little bit bigger for the fan base size, but is a different demographic. I want you to use my platform to amplify that so that my, you know, my fans, my people know this is not okay and we're not going to stand for it. Right. 
it it truly truly just 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 meant a lot. It's good to see them <clears throat> champion and just just work just work work that hard for. He didn't have to do it at all, but the fact that he that he took the time took took that step back and, and allowed me to just speak my truth out there. Just it it meant a lot, and a lot of people don't realize that. But I, but it 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 means more than, than anything. I I'm constantly just dealing with my own imposter syndrome. It's hard it's hard enough being a black black view black musician in a in a in a white dominated appropriated um world. I'm constantly just looked at as as I constantly have to prove myself towards um that I can do these things while others have to um I've worked twice as hard just to get half of what most have than to get half of what most what most have right now. And I, I I, I, I truly just wish that besides fucking Jimmy Hendrix or or besides like BB King or you know Boots of China, I wish there I I've known about people who look like or I guess you know, how Howard Benson from Kill Switch. But I wish there, that there are more black folk in in, the, in folk punk and punk in general that looked like me. And now I'm yeah. starting to find those. I have more people. That I can like empathize with in regards to shit that black like, musicians deal with on the road, or shit that we're constantly singing about, or shit that we're seeing on t on TV daily, and just empathize with how hard it can be for us just just to just to move in our move in our genre, genre quote unquote genre or or field or field of work. Like and now, but now I'm at a point where I can I I feel like I can be that voice and I can be that be what 15 year old me want needed at a time just another black figure just to look at on stage and say that that can be me that is going to be me yeah no i i a thousand percent agree with you on that and while we're we're name dropping some people uh, there's some people i want to name drop as well because i think you're absolutely right i think there's becoming more um representation or not even necessarily representation, just more BIPOC uh, community members that are able to reach that that level where they are getting looked at. You know, the girls in Meet Me at the Altar, um, Bree in the band Cliff Diver, um, AJ Channer from Fire from the Gods, Hiro the Hero, like, you know, those two are in, in the metal scene specifically, but, like, there's so... You, you mentioned Howard, you know, like, there's so many people that are climbing to those next levels and hopefully it's bringing more light to that, like you said earlier, that you're not a token. You know what I mean? Like it's not just a charity act or, or whatever. Like you bring value, you, you bring talent and, authenticity and a, a point of view like i said at the very beginning of this as a 37 year old white male my point of view on on the world in general is not the same as yours um you know and I, simply because i've not been through what you've been through and i'll never experience the things that you've experienced um but i think through these types of conversations that you and i've had and you know i've talked to i've actually had a hiro on the the other podcast and we talked about mental health a little bit like through these types of conversations is the only way for the white community to understand where you're coming from and i think that's the big thing and obviously there's a 
section of the white community that doesn't give a fuck and you know it is what it is they'll deal with their judgment when they deal with their judgment but there's i believe anyway or i hope anyway that there's a larger part of that of this you know white community that does care and does want to know you know how life affects you and how you know how we can improve it you know like i said at the beginning kind of like if if i had more power i would love to be the one to to champion these things and say like cool we're just going to fix this right now you know like obviously the the whole genie in the bottle type situation um but knowing my place like you said providing empathy providing an outlet such as this podcast things like that like i i am trying to do what i can to help give the proper space um for your perspective so that people can get educated um and i think you know something that you said there too that is a really good segue towards the kind of the end of this podcast it's a question that i've been asking um a lot of people when it comes to this podcast you you mentioned you know 15 year old you would have loved to see more representation up on stage and now you feel like you can start kind of being that representation um you know thinking back through i know you're younger than me but thinking back through your life and and looking at the things you've been through um it's kind of that twofold question like who do you think the person that you needed to get you through those times was like kind of what did that person look like and then the flip side of that is do you feel like the person that you are now is someone that a younger you would have felt safe with and been comfortable talking to i i think about that often like i, I kind of wonder um what what the younger me be proud of be proud of who of who I am. But also, be, what do I be somebody to? Would would older me be somebody that younger me would would feel comfortable around? And I guess the answer answer for for me personally is, I hope so. <laughs> like it, I, I I would I would think that I I would think that i will provide a lot of more insight to, to younger me um first learn about his own mental health first learn about his depression this and constantly being bullied and, and fraternized and hazed in, in high school i feel like i offer outlet just just for him to say just for me to say to my younger self be yourself don't let anybody else don't don't let these dudes get you down and um and you're all you always have somebody here who feels the same way you do because when i was when i was younger all i i didn't really have anybody necessarily to talk to um everybody who i wanted who i could talk to about what i was going to do at the time with being bullied with with being hazed with with just dealing with a lot of a lot of bullshit in high school i guess up um, up until college as well i all i had was just my 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 music. All I had was just I would just lock myself in my room, put on put on these these records, put on MCR, put on Green Day, put on um Taking Back Sunday, put on any any like old school like early two thousands um music that would kinda help me get get through it. But if I had but if I had um 
that music on top of somebody who looked like me feeling the same way I do and just talking me through it, that would help out a thousand, a thousand percent, honestly. Um, and I'm, I'm, I feel like when I, when I get older, um, once I, I take, take this from now, I'll probably, I'll probably have the same, um, I'll probably have, to, um, 38 year old me telling, telling this, um, telling, um, 28 year old me that, um, something that he'll learn. So I, I'll hope that I'm, that I'm progressing. I, I hope that the person I am now would, would be beneficial to, to a 15 year old me. Now I have more, more experience under my, under my belt. Um, after, after I put out this album, I, I thought about I thought about that a lot. This thing I far came from when I was just fifteen, well, thirteen, twelve, thirteen, playing guitar. Yeah. Then, um, then high school me dealing dealing with that stuff. Then college me kind of after you know we they were being stressed out now to to where I am to this day. But I still I still have my moments. I still have have these periods of, of depression. I still have have bad, bad thoughts. I still. And, and working through it, but also I feel like I'm more wise than I was. I know the better way to handle it. I know how my body is. I know how my thoughts work. I know what to do to get myself out of there. Yeah. No, and I think, you know, obviously you know this, but I think it's important to say, you know, mental health doesn't have a, a end point, right? Like mental health is a journey. So like there's obviously always going to be ups and downs. And um, I think, kind of like you just said, as we become wiser and have experienced more things and kind of been through the different traumas that we've been through and things like that, it, it does become a little bit easier as we get older to manage certain aspects of our mental health or to course correct, for lack of a better term, when we start feeling those those bad thoughts and and the darkness kind of creep in. Um, and I think it's an important thing for, for people to understand that, you know, I, I often refer to life as, as a story, right? Like your life is your story. And these, whatever you're going through is just a moment in time in that book. It's just a chapter of that book. Um, so you, you know, like as dark as it may be, like, just hold on for one more page because that could be, you know, turning that page could very easily be the point in your life where you figure out your superpower. Um, you know, for you, I think finding your voice in music and, and guitar is one of your superpowers that, you know, once, once you figured out, like, here's a, an outlet that I have, here's somewhere that I feel safe and, and seen and that I can, put my emotions into without obviously with some judgment but without a microscope of judgment now i i have an ability to kind of level up and move on to the next chapter yeah it, it, i guess when when i was younger when i, when I was first learning about mental health when i had my music kind of most of my sophomore year of high school i was learning learning about these things um like the year, the year prior, that's why I was dealt with a lot, and I mean a lot of bullying in in high school. I had nobody really to listen to me my my freshman year. And then, like moving forward into my sophomore year, like dealing with that, but on like a bigger level when it came to them, people still myself when it came to rumors being started about me, when it came to 
these things. I had a lot of music to shoot me. This is thing of after 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 that year ended, I said to myself, I want to write music for for those who feel like me. And and so that way they have something to relate to. That's how I kind of started my own career in music. And now here here I am at 28. Now I'm writing these things on a on a bigger on a bigger level. And I hope that I kind of vision like younger me is listening to, to these things in this bedroom. I'm just saying, yes, I feel this with all my fucking heart and have and have somebody else who not only um, plays guitar, but also somebody that looks like him too. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, something that, again, I really respect about your music specifically. Obviously, there's a lot of artists out there that are very authentic and, and whatnot. You know, there's obviously the flip side of that with some of the modern, you know, hip hop and, and pop in general that is just clearly bullshit surface level stuff. But there are so many people writing, you know, the real life experiences and, and like you are with these unique perspectives and, you know, the only person that's ever experienced your life is you. But that doesn't mean that you're alone in what you experience. So I think it's really powerful that that you are putting out this this music and these things that say, you know, here's my experiences. And I think you're absolutely right. There are people that are going to hear it and be like, fuck, you know, I've been there. I know what this dude is feeling like, or I am there right now. And if this guy could make it through, well, then I can too, you know? And I think that's such a powerful thing you know i don't know obviously it's not the reason you do your music anyway but like i don't know if you've had anybody come up to you and say like hey you know this song changed my life or this song has got me through this really hard time or whatever but like you know i've talked to a lot of artists and obviously the money's cool you know we all want to be millionaires but at the end of the day like if i can positively affect someone's life and i think you're the same way i i don't want to put words in your mouth but at the end of the day if i positively affect another human being that's all i can really ask for and and that's that's honestly enough success for me to say that i did something that's how i am too like if if i can make one person feel moved do my do my music just or just feel like have them feel like they can move on with today that's all that matters to me. I want, if it's fun for you, then I hope that you find, well, these new songs and, and, and the old songs too, I hope you find joy. I hope you find inspiration. I hope you find yourself, but I hope, but I hope that you find hope throughout all these things know that your day is going to get better. You are a strong person. I hate using that word, but you, but you are a gifted person. You're going to get through this and you're doing fine right now. You're doing the best that you can. And I'm so fucking proud of you. I want my music just to be a giant hook for for everybody, anybody who de- who desperately needs it needs it at at the time. And I, I a lot of the things that that I post have given people a lot of hope. They reach out to me about that. But I but now with this new album, I've gotten it's gotten like a lot of good feedback so far. I just hope that this does inspire inspire a lot more people. To just know that they are not alone and they are able to face today that they are that they are that it's okay not to be okay because there's somebody else who is on the stage right now that feels the same way you do every single day and still trying to navigate through it yeah 
No, that's that's very well said, and I I you know hope that it resonates with people. Um, I think the last thing, which that kind of answers it, but I think the last thing I want to kind of ask as a, a formal question before we kind of wrap up here is for anyone that's listening to this podcast still and sees representation in you, because again, 37 year old white male, and I know it sounds like I'm using that as an excuse, but I, I just don't have the life experiences that you have. So anyone that's looking at this podcast or listening to this podcast and sees that representation in you, what would you say to them, especially if they're of younger ages, potentially going into high school or, or college or, you know, entering the stage of life where, where you had it the roughest as well? What would you want to give them as a message? For anybody that looks like me, going into high school and dealing, dealing with these things. I want you to know that you do not owe anybody in your high school or anybody in your life moving forward a goddamn thing. You are not a token. You are not You are not a minstrel show. You're not here to shuck and dive. You are here to live. You're here to exist. You are a human being. And you deserve every single ounce of respect that you deserve. You're going to feel that you're going to, you're going to get your heart broken. You're going to get, you're going to find it hard to face today, but find your, find your tribe, find your good group of people and stay with them, stick with them and just be who you're, who you are meant to be. Find what you love, stick with it and just push so far forward and make something good out of it. And you're, and you will stumble, you will fall. But you will be okay, no matter what. You will always be okay, and there will always always be someone here who feels the same way you do, who empathizes with you, and will be there for you no matter what. And I hope you find that person. I hope that you find joy in yourself. I hope you find inspiration. I hope that you. I hope that you remain the unapologetically black you that you could possibly be. Awesome, man. Um, so as we we wrap up here, um, the new album is out. Life, Love, and the Bomb um, came out, again, just this, as of you and I talking this last Friday. But by the time this episode goes live, pull up my calendar here real quick, uh, it will have been out for about three weeks-ish. Uh, this will actually be coming out on July 4th, uh, which is a little bit... Unintentionally ironic, since the cover art of the uh, album is a, a symbol, kind of like a American flag as far as the, the symbolism on it. Um, but obviously we want people to go check out that album, um, let you know you know what songs they're, they're resonating with, things like that. Um, I'm obviously going to tag all your socials and everything, but give the kind of the standard outro, man, give your, your socials, where can people find you and interact with you the best and just, you know, anything you want to tell them. Sounds good. So life, love and the bomb is out now. Um, it is probably the proudest work I've done with my back band of co-conspirators. Shout out to Zach Dodd. Shout out to Corey McRiff and shout out to our producer and the drummer on the album, Derek Shank. And shout out to Kate Zimmerman on the vocals on one of the songs. Um, listen to that. I'll be announcing some more some more shows here soon. You can find me at on Instagram at, at Black Guy Fox. You can find me on Facebook at Black Guy Fox Music. 
And you can find my Twitter at BlackGuyFawkes. I rarely tweet. I don't really find you not tweeting that much, but I'm getting back into it. So bear, bear with me and just follow me, follow me on there. Just get prepared for a lot more fun stuff happening here soon. I'm ready to share with you, ready to announce with you. I'm ready to dance and sing and talk to you guys next time I see you. So thank you. Be on the lookout. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time for this conversation and, and giving your perspective and, and your point of view, because again, you know, I, I haven't experienced the life that you've experienced and I think it's important. Um, and it's something that I've really tried to do with this podcast and I'm, I'm still obviously a work in progress with it, but you know, having you and, and Becky and these people that can give a lot of points of view that I just don't have, I think that's where these conversations start to change that stigma and start to break down those walls where people go, you know what, there are others out there like me. Maybe I have to look for them to start with, but I'm not alone in this fight. Yeah, this having things like this, having these resources where people are given like a platform to speak out about this, it helps out a lot and helps you realize that you, you are not alone. And like I said, it'll take dating, but but they'll they'll find it, and if they meant to find it, they'll find it in in many in many ways, in many many shape form. So yeah. this this was this was heavy, but I'm I'm glad we talked about I'm glad we talked about this honestly. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. It was very heavy, but I I do appreciate you being so open and honest and and transparent with it. I'll let you uh get back to your night. I'm gonna go grab dinner and. You know, have fun. Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, have a good night. Thanks, man. You too. And that was my conversation with Black Guy Fox. Um, Huge shout out to him for having that conversation with me. Um, I told you guys it was going to be a long one. It was going to be a heavy one. Um, He even said it there at the end that, you know, it's a heavy conversation. But uh, we were both glad that we had it because it's only through these types of conversations that we can start to spark some change and you know it may not be at the supreme court level it may not be at the you know even state government level or anything like that but if we start sparking change within um our different groups if you will our different you know industries and things like that you know with us being in the music industry and that's obviously our connection but also being from very different backgrounds you know to be able to have these types of conversations is huge uh because it does allow when both parties you know have the open mind and willingness to communicate um it does allow you know that connection to be established and really formulates a understanding and a um kind of a platform to to build more of a friendship or to build more of support and things like that you know and that's really what we're going for here with especially with this particular conversation but regarding mental health in general you know it's uh it's so important to keep an open mind listen to other people's point of views because you don't know what other people have been through and you don't know how it affects their day-to-day life or you know how it's changed them as a person depending on the type of traumas that it's been or whatever 
Um, so again, huge shout out to Black Guy Fox for taking the time to do this interview, uh, to talk about these subjects. Be sure that you jump over. We will have a You Make the Scene podcast episode with him on it in a couple weeks. Um, so keep your eye out for that. Make sure you're subscribed to both podcasts and you'll see when that pops up. Uh, but also go over and check out his new album. Um, going to be huge for you to, you know, artistically get a taste of what everything is about for him um, and kind of how his point of view of of the world, you know, because, again, there's probably a large majority of this uh listening base that maybe doesn't know and doesn't you know connect with the same things or the same circumstances of life that he's been through uh that new album is called life love and the bomb uh it is streaming everywhere it's a super killer album uh it's really laid back it's really easy to digest and and listen to kind of at your own pace but uh, also to just be playing while you're taking care of things and, um, you know, doing errands or whatever, uh, because it's just, again, it's a really easy to digest palatable, uh, body of work. And I'm, I'm really stoked for him and hopefully, you know, things continue to go well for him. Um, be sure that you go over, give his page a like share subscribe follow all of that be sure you're subscribed to this podcast i have a lot of stuff coming up uh that i want to keep you guys informed about so uh be sure that you follow at you make the scene on either facebook or instagram uh some really cool potential news coming up very very soon uh really got my fingers crossed on some of that uh and then obviously you know more guests more points of view more um, more conversations that are hopefully relevant or educational. Um, and, you know, again, that's always been the goal of this podcast is to help the community, the music community, understand that whether you're an artist or a fan or a sound guy or tour manager or the lighting guy or a fucking merch guy, security guy at the front, of house like whatever the fuck you are in this industry um you're a part of this community and regardless of if you're a part of this community or not you're a fucking human being and you're not alone so remember guys take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene